Are we there for the people around us? Are we there for our partner? Are we changing ourselves as well? So people around you feel like, yeah, Bradley is now a better person because my technology makes the world a better place. But am I becoming a better person as well, a better human being? Welcome to Humans of SaaS. I'm your host, Ben Wynn, and on this show, I talk to entrepreneurs, innovators, and leaders from the tech industry who each have a unique and compelling story to share. Bradley Liu is the head of customer success at Acquire App. He was previously head of customer success and expansion at Deal. A few months ago, though, Bradley announced that he was leaving his job at Deal, which he loved, to spend time with his family after receiving a rather alarming wake-up call. In this episode, Bradley and I discuss his taking time off, what he learned, and what has changed now that he's back in the workforce. So you're at Deal now, right? I am. No, at you were at Deal. Sorry, you're at Acquire. Yeah. yeah, there you go. Great. That's the best way to start off. Is just like <laughs> perfect. <laughs> perfect, perfect right opening. Now? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. You're at Acquire now. You were at Deal before your your. Do you call it a sabbatical? Yeah, I guess it's sabbatical. Though that being said, being a full time dad is harder than I thought. So I don't know how much really? of a sabbatical it is. Okay, so for context for people. Um, I mean, you and I have known each other for a while since you were at Lever and we were doing some CS community stuff back in Toronto. And then when you were at Deal, you put out this this post. You were saying that you were taking a break um, right. for some some critical reasons. So what, what were those reasons that you were taking some time off? A couple of months ago, um, I was sort of facing that family. Uh, my wife is, truth be told, facing postpartum depression, right? It's a real mm. thing. People don't really talk about it. Uh, I got three kids. I have a newborn. Life is hard. Toronto was shutting down. No vaccine. Uh, Everyone's doing homeschool. So it was a lot. So back then, June, July, I decided to take a break with my career. So I sort of just told my friends and my colleagues and my boss at Deal saying, hey, I don't have the next job. I don't know like what I'm going to do next, but I'm going to take a break because I need to be with my family. I need to be there physically and mentally. So I sort of post that on LinkedIn, right? I, I think at that yeah. time I was burned out, but also like part of me was like, I don't think I'm the only one who is burning out. I'm pretty sure yeah. there's more people feeling like that. But on LinkedIn, every time you look at the social media, it's always the great stuff. <laughs> a lot of time I feel like, come on, that's BS, right? We're having a pandemic and everyone was still happy and like driven and like, I can't, I course, can't wait to do it. this, crushing it. I'm like, that's BS. So I posted on LinkedIn. I just being super transparent about my family, my issue, what's going on. Mm-hmm. And it's a lot of people responded. I was surprised with the response. I was, to, to be frank, even when I was reading the comment, I was crying. I'm like, wow, people actually cared. <laughs> Yeah. A lot of people message me privately and just say, hey, I'm in the same shoes. I'm in the same yeah. boat. And just reading your post helps me, supports me, encourages me. That's It's so important to do that. Like it's one of the most damaging things about social media is you have all these people that are in your network, whether it's like Instagram or LinkedIn. And the only time they post is when they're doing cool shit. They've won something, exactly. they're on vacation, they're doing whatever. And so then what happens is like, even if they only post that once a month, your brain is just going to fill in the, it fills in the gaps in between sort of averaging out all their posts. So it means like, wow, the, all these people's lives are amazing all the time. And yep. even if rationally we know that they can't be, it's, it's so important to talk about the negatives and the challenges and the struggles as well as what's going really well yeah. to, to give that full picture. So, I mean, that's why I responded to it. I was like, 
thank you. Like, this is a very honest, <laughs> very open post. And we don't see that kind of stuff enough. You know, it's always someone being honored for something. <laughs> yep. Was that a discussion you'd had with like your wife ahead of time in terms of like, oh, yeah. I, you know, do you think this is something that would help us and help you feel better and, and that sort of thing? Yeah, 100 percent. So um, what happened was when I see that, hey, my family was running out, I was like, look, do you need me to take a break? Do you need me to really help out? Right. And again, being very transparent as well, when when someone's facing that mental issue and depression, people mm -hmm. don't admit that. Right? Even yeah. my wife, she's like, I'm just having baby blue. It's yeah. okay, it's fine, right? But we had a heart to heart. And also like in the LinkedIn post, I shared that my daughter was doing virtual school, right? And then mm -hmm. the teacher was asking all the kids, hey, uh, what's your mommy and daddy good at? And she was like, yeah, my mommy is good at like cooking all that regular like human being stuff. And she was like, my dad is really good at working because he's always working, right? So I think that oh, was no. the wake up call for me. And when I was telling my wife, Number one was how can I support you? But also number two, what kind of husband or, or father should I be? What type of role model should I be, right? So when my wife look back, when my kids look back, they're like, yeah, that's something that I'm inspired by that. So wow. it, it was a tough conversation and I enjoy working. Anyone who worked with me knows I'm workaholic. I yeah. had a lot of energy. I feel like work is the place where I can really get that satisfaction out of it. Part of me is also being humble, put down my ego, made the decision to say, I'm going to take a break. I can imagine the impact that, that would have had just hearing that, hearing that statement, like, or seeing that from, from your daughter, if you could sort of fill that in with like what you'd like her to say, like, what do you, now that you have this like proactive vision of like where you want to be in the future and what you want your, right. how you want your kids to think about you, what would you What's the thing that you want her to think you're good at? I still want my kids to feel like I'm good at work, but also my dad is here with me when I need him, mm -hmm. right? Instead of like, what's my daddy good at? It's anything is fine, but I want her to tell her teacher, uh, I'm not really sure what my daddy is good at, but he's always with me. I think that to me was really important. That's uh, the most important. And yeah. I mean, it's and it's hard when you love what you do and you're so good at what you do. You clearly love yeah. what you do. Like you're a CS person yeah. through and through. It's in your DNA. I'm telling so. my kids how to do adoption and onboarding and retention Excellent. extension. It's critical. It's critical. Right. <laughs> so what was Deal's response like when you came to your manager and you were just like, hey, right. like this is something I think I need to do? They were very supportive. Again, shout out Alex, Shroll, Dan, super supportive. They were surprised. It was like regular one-on-one. -on -one. And then I was having the chat with Shul. She's the CRO and the co-founder, by the way. And then I was like, look, or I, I'm thinking about leaving, right? I'm going to give you my notice. First reaction, and I think most bosses, first reaction is probably like, why? But also like, where are you going? Like, do you get another job already? <laughs> like, yeah. Are you you quitting because you got it? Like, what the hell? So then I told her, I was like, no, I don't have a job. I have nothing planned. Uh, but COVID is hard, pandemic is hard, and mm -hmm. I want to be a full-time dad. They mm -hmm. were very surprised, but they were extremely supportive. It was, everyone was shocked, supportive, and we have a lot of amazing virtual happy hour just to catch up. <laughs> so Yes, that was for fun. sure. Like, I mean, you said you sat down, you had that discussion. Like, was this something that was... Once it was decided, it was like easy, no brainer, or was it something where you're sort of struggling over whether it was the right decision? Yeah. And were there other factors you were worrying about, like 
finances or things like that, like especially not going to another job right away? If I look at it from like sort of three different angles, right? Financially, I have no clue. Like, I'm not rich. I'm like a regular dude <laughs> who got three kids. So I know that I need to come back to work. It's not like I can just disappear, right? But mm -hmm. at the same time, though, I know that I got a little bit of savings. So it can support mm -hmm. me for a month or two, right? So I'm just mm -hmm. going to take that leap of faith. What's even harder was to be humble. Like, Ben, you know me. I've been working ever since, like even during the time I was in college, at U of T doing engineering, I was doing full-time school and full-time work. My whole life was defined by my work. And I was proud of it too, right? It was like, I wanna get like accelerated career path. I want people to look at me and then say like, whoa, that's the guy, right? That Asian <laughs> kid walking around was like, oh, I know this guy. I have a lot of ego to a point where I was reflecting and I was like, my, my life was almost defined by my work, not who I am. My daughter, when Jacqueline was saying my dad is good at working, right? When my wife was like, you're never here. That's when I was like, I need to make that hard decision because I shouldn't let work define me. But mm -hmm. it's way harder than just because financially, I know worst case, I'll, I'll be an Uber driver. Right, I'll like I don't know. I'll go to a <laughs> bottle shop tea or sushi shop. That's a good <laughs> like, outlook. <laughs> right, but what if I quit? I can't find a job. And what if I quit mm. and people look at me and they're they're like, "Hey, so Bradley, what do you do now?" And I'm like, "I don't have a job." That to me was way harder, but that was fun though, because then I was meeting with my kids' parent and their typical dad conversation, like, "What do you do?" Blah blah blah, and I was like, "I don't have a job." I'm a full-time dad. <laughs> and they were all like, mm. They're very confused. <laughs> yep. Just not having that ego and just be humble. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I can imagine how difficult a decision that would be. Um, someone who also obsesses over my work <laughs> and gets told routinely yeah. by my partner that I'm not, that I'm too focused on work <laughs> and I'm not around enough. Um, fortunately, I have a cat and not three children, so I feel less guilty uh, about that. So <laughs> she's less demanding. She's pretty demanding, but not as demanding as three kids. So how long were you off for? Were you off for well, one month, two months? I was off for two months-ish, almost two and a half. What was it like? Like, was it hard right away? Like, what kind of, oh. were you taking the kids to school? You were adjusting? Like, what was the... The first was... month was adjusting. Uh, I don't wake up with a coffee and just turn on my laptop and start working, check my Slack, check my email, right? Look at the mm -hmm. quarterly performance, look at the monthly retention rate. Like mm -hmm. those were gone. I wake up, I do breakfast for my kids, take them to mm -hmm. school, come back, help out, right? Laundry, washing dishes, all that. Interestingly, I feel like I have less time than when I was at work. Really? <laughs> like, there's so many things to do. Oh my God. Wow. I never appreciate that, right? I was this like, is good for any anyone with a spouse to hear where you feel like you're going out and like if you if you have that sort of dynamic where you're you're like, okay, yeah, you're doing the home stuff, you're doing the laundry, whatever. But you know, it's exactly. uh, it's good it, interesting to hear that you actually felt like it was more work taking oh, yeah. on that. And number one, it got me to appreciate like, wow, teacher is hard, right? Like mm. taking to doing virtual school and making sure they're focused, but also like being a full-time mom, right? Household wife, that's hard too. Cause there's a lot of things mm. for you to do, right? So yeah, the first month was just adjusting to the lifestyle. I was even paying people, my friends, my old colleagues. I was like, I don't know if I can do this. It's way easier to just like work with my customer, talk about onboarding, walk yeah. them through product education, new releases. The second month though, 
it started to sink in. And I think the best part there was things start to slow down. You start to appreciate small things. You start to, like when I was spending time with my kids, I can tell that relationship got better just by spending way more time with them in a month, right? So that second month was like more on, wow, I need to wait for another, if I go back to work, right? I need to wait for another 40 years till I retire. I can do this with maybe my grandkids. I don't think I can just like wake up early, do breakfast and just spending time with kids, especially with a virtual school, right? You spend literally 24 hours. It's not like you mm -hmm. take kids to school, drop off, say bye, pick them yeah. up after eight hours, like virtual school, they're right in front of you. So right. it was harder than I thought, but it makes you appreciate life. And what was the, uh, and how old are your kids, by the way? I got a five and a half, a three and a half and a three months old when i oh left you they're now almost right. six almost four and almost seven months nice okay that's a, a lot of energy <laughs> so 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 what would you say was the the highlight of your your time off literally i can go to a park with my kid not worrying about when's my next meeting i can take my kids on swing and i don't have to bring my phone those are the small things where part of me know it's my own fault where i'm sucking to my work right but Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's that's the best part. I can go on a ride with my kid. I can literally sit beside Jacqueline, watch her do virtual school, and be like, "Wow, I don't think my daughter is as smart as I thought she would be." Like, <laughs> you can't even answer that. <laughs> Come on. Right? Hey, she's but not allowed are... to listen to this episode. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, but those are the things. It's just spending time with my wife, not just me being burned out. But when a person was always working, your partner is oftentimes burned out. And mm -hmm. like, it sounds corny, but like holding her hand, mm -hmm. walking down the park, right? Having lunch together where I don't have to look at my phone. Right? Those are right. the things that I appreciate, but also those are the things that I'm learning how to set a boundary even now that I'm coming back to work where family should still be the first thing in the top priority. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's what I wanna, I'm excited to dig into that stuff. So what was it like when yeah. you started started looking for jobs again? It was nerve wracking because I have never tried to apply for jobs and trying to find, yeah. well, I shouldn't say that, but it's more like I never being jobless and trying to find a job, right. right? So that was sort of like, there's urgency in there. Part of me want to enjoy life, but part of me knows that I need to go back to work. So it was nerve wracking. Interviewing with people, I think that's an interesting part. When I was doing all the interview and I talked to a lot of people, Interestingly, there everyone would ask, right? Why do you leave? Why do you leave? Deal. And I will be just transparent with them. I am a no bullshit guy. I'm like, that's why I left. That's my family situation. I got three kids. And quite frankly, it used to be like, I want to ace my interview to get a job. That was me before. But right. later on, like me now was that's just who I am. I can't change my family, right? And mm -hmm. uh, I'm going to work hard for you. I, customer success was all about customer, right? So supporting my customers, supporting my team, but also supporting my family. And there's something that's something that's non-negotiable non for me. That's something I learned as well, because there are some companies where they heard that and they stopped talking to me. Yeah, I mean, but that's great. That's You filtered them right. out. Exactly. And it used to be, I'll be like, oh, come on, I shouldn't say that, right? I should change how I see yeah. things and make it more positive. But then yeah. now I'm like, yeah, that's just means it's not the right opportunity because there are company, it's just not the right timing, right? To get yeah. someone like that. 
it was interesting because I almost rediscovered how I should be interviewing. So yeah, interesting. That's awesome. Yeah. Because I, I love having something like a story like that that you can share because, like I said, it filters out anywhere where you're not a culture fit, like right away, where they're not going to be supportive should that sort of thing happen. A yep. few years ago, I was interviewing for a role. I shared a story that I thought was positive in the interview. My mentor, <laughs> a mentor of mine later was like, why the fuck would you share that? Um, but basically what the story was is that an, an, an earlier company I was at, you know, I knew that the you know, people were thinking of leaving, people weren't happy in their roles, they weren't engaged. And so I brought it to my boss, who was the COO. And I don't agree. I think we're good, like all that kind of stuff. So I was like, okay, so I made my own culture survey, and right. sent it around to everyone except for the three co founders. Or the two co founders. <laughs> nice. and, and then I brought the data to the CEO. I was like, here, like, here's, here's what the situation is. Here's what I right. recommend, you know, in order for us to like retain people and, and, and right. get people happy again. He was not happy that I did that without asking, but I was like, doesn't that demonstrate, not to him, but so I shared that basically we did make changes and it ultimately was a positive. It was just sort of, he did it begrudgingly, but I shared right. that story because I was like, oh, it shows that I take initiative and that I really care and that I'm proactive. Yeah. And they were like, yeah, basically the feedback that I got roundabout was that it sounded like I was like circumventing people and I was like, you know, fostering, I don't know, right. malcontent behind the scenes. And then I told the same story to my 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 boss here, and he was like, "Oh, I would have hired you right away for a story like that. Exactly. Like, that's amazing." Right. So you find, and there's, I'm sure that was some of the responses you got, where you're exactly the kind of person we want here, the kind of person that like has, knows their priorities and cares about people, and yeah. you know has genuine you know emotions, <laughs> like all that stuff's yeah. really important. Yep, that's why I learned, and I I appreciate that <laughs> for the company <laughs> who ignore me. I'm like, that's good. That's great. And so what was it like with uh, with Acquire? Before I made a decide, decision to join Acquire, funny enough, I was like, I'm never going to a startup. It's oh, really? Oh, my. Like, startup is tiring. And then, like, oh, my God. Like, it's all go, 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 grow, grow, grow. And you're ignoring the fundamental part of people work to support their family, not the other way around, right? Right. But when I was talking to Acquire, and, and funny enough, multiple times during the interview, and I was just like, not an interview, it's more like a coffee chat. I'm like, I don't know if I'm the right person for you. Uh, I love my work. I can do it really well. I can build teams, blah, blah, blah. But I left deal to support my family, right? Flo Han, who's the CEO of Acquire, the co-founder, he literally said to me, he was like, look, so he got a little kid. He got two years old. And he was like, Look, acquire is not going to be the most important thing in your life. I don't want anyone in this company to feel like my company is the most important thing in your life. That was, uh, I was surprised. I was definitely surprised where a founder, where to them, a company is their baby. And they're saying, mm -hmm. my baby is not going to be the most important thing to you or in your life. That's kind of like, ooh. So the number one thing was culture fit wise and maturity wise. I see that they care about the human element. Like, Mm -hmm. The moment you care about that, I'm going to go away for you. That's because you care. So to me, it's having the empathy. Uh, but yeah, but at that time, though, I was still like debating, should I go to a startup, right? It's fun. I know I love it. But my wife was like, every time you go to a startup, that's like, you want that thing to grow more than your kids growing up. But then I talked to the other co-founder, who's Max. And that interview, I still remember vividly. He was on the Zoom with a virtual background, 
right? So we're just chatting, blah, blah, blah. My daughter walked in and um, it used to be, I will push her away and I'll be like, daddy's working, like, no, get out, right? And then I'll yeah. lock the door. But that time though, I was like, hey, Max, give me three minutes. Let me just talk to my daughter, see what she needs. I'll come back. And mm-hmm. it was okay. And so I talked to my daughter, I talked to Jacqueline, then I come back. I'm like, sorry about that. Now let's go back to whatever we're talking about during the interview. Then he showed me his background. So yeah. it was a virtual background, right? Take it off. He's actually in the car right in front of Golden Gate Bridge, waiting for his son to come back from his summer camp. So he's working oh, wow. in the car, waiting for his son. And those are the little things where, yeah, it's not just about, you know, what's your five-year plan? Right. Uh, yeah. What's your CAC? What's your LTV? Yeah. What's your retention currently? Right. But it's the human element that attract me to acquire. And I know that when when the leader care about the people, they'll care about the customer. And yeah. when they care about their people or human beings overall, they will care about the customer. And as a customer success leader, then I will get the support that I need to support my customer. Because end of the day, that's when you have the empathy and when you want to make the connection with your customer. Today's show is brought to you by Catalyst Software, the fastest growing customer success platform on the market. Catalyst gives you unmatched customizability, a seamless bi-directional Salesforce integration that takes less than five minutes to set up, and a world-class customer success team that'll be by your side every step of the way. Let's be honest, whatever you're currently using might be good enough, but is good enough really what you're aiming for? Take your CS team to the next level by switching to Catalysts today. To learn more, visit Catalyst.io. And if you aren't looking for a CS platform right now, you should subscribe to our newsletter and follow us on LinkedIn anyways. I make daily memes, we host all sorts of events, and we love to give away our swag, which has been called the comfiest swag in the industry. Again, check out Catalyst.io to learn more. It's great. No, it, it, and I think it's so true. Like when, when uh, I feel lucky to, to have that here at Catalyst as well. And I'm, I'm thrilled to yeah. see more and more companies and leaders adopt that sort of approach because it's, it's been proven true time and time again. Like if you care about yeah. your people, then by extension, they're going to extend that to their customers and then the customers are going to stay and they're going to grow and yeah. they're going to want to keep working with you. So it's, it's all interconnected and it's been amazing to see the growth. Like I don't think even five years ago, yeah you would have been much harder pressed to find a company that would be like, yeah, that sounds good. Like, uh, you know, we'll yep, support yep. you. Go take your break and then come back. This is great. You know what I mean? Like, yep. it feels like something that I think COVID has really accelerated because it's forced everyone to reevaluate their priorities and what's important. And everyone struggled. Oh, Even people who weren't struggling before, I have I know I've reached limits in terms of my sanity that, like, I haven't felt in, right. in years. Like, since, you know, I was a, a teenager or trying to figure get, get through university or something like that. So... It's been a struggle and hopefully, I mean, I'm glad to see, it's not even hopefully anymore. I'm glad to see lots of companies learning from it and adapting to it and seeing the benefit in terms of their retention and their CAC and all yeah. that kind of stuff that's important. 100%. So in terms of how, how you're operating now, like what, I mean, I love that example you even just shared, right? Mm-hmm. In terms of, I think of that video, you know, the, the video of the guy that was oh. on BBC. I that, love that, that video. I could watch that. Every single day. Oh my god. I used Your wife's to sliding laugh, it on the floor to pull them out. Right. I used to laugh when I watched the video till pandemic started and I cringe every time I watched that. It's too real. But it sounds yeah. like that was sort of you before, right? It was like pushing them out. And then now it was like, okay, do you mind giving me two minutes? I'm gonna talk to her yeah. briefly and then I'll be right back. And I even that little change is yeah. 
amazing because people can re I'm sure there's a lot of people that are still doing what you were doing before that can yeah. think about that and say, okay, maybe I can, here's an alternative that would be yeah. a lot better. hundred percent. And just to echo on that part, I, I feel I'm able to change the way I operate because when I was posting a LinkedIn post and I see how many people were supportive and how many people messaged me and saying, that's me. Right. And mm -hmm. then that was the moment I had, I decided that, you know what, fuck that. I'm just going to mm -hmm. be me. It's not like I'm going to be lazy. Right. But yeah, I'm not going to be afraid of how people see me, even though I have three little kids. Right. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to pretend like I'm a, a guy who can work 24 seven just cause I cannot, I still put in the hour just like everyone. I still doing this, but mm -hmm. there are non-negotiable things where I'm drawing a hard line to make customers or my team or people I work with to respect that. Well, I mean, vulnerability is a strength, like being able to, yeah. you know, people see it as a weakness, right? Because you're admitting, Oh, I can't do this. Or I'm feeling like I am burned out or that sort of thing. But it's a lot easier to, say nothing and try to struggle through it than it is to stand up and be the one to say, I can't take this on. My yeah, bandwidth yeah. is maxed out. I feel like shit. Like I need to take some time off. It's something that people sometimes have a hard time wrapping their heads around, but vulnerability is a huge strength. And especially when it's a manager or a company leader or someone in your position or, or your CEO yeah. who, you know, is, is admitting that they're feeling a certain way. That creates yeah. psychological safety for the whole company. It gives everyone confidence that A, the leader is taking care of themselves, but B, they're allowed to take care of themselves too. And yep. that it's something that they can talk about. Yeah, that's why the, these conversations are so critical. 100%. Are there other, some, some other examples you can share of like things you've changed or ways that you operate differently now, mm -hmm. sort of balancing out where you were before and then the time you had yeah. on your time off? It, it sounds stupid. But there's one thing, one tip I learned, which is um, during the work time, like I'll block out that say a 10 an hour, right? But those are the time that I will try to educate my kids or even my wife that mm -hmm. pretend I'm not home. It sounds weird, but when I was working from home, there are times when my wife would be like, well, you're home. You might as well, I don't know, do the laundry, do this, help out, right? Yes. And I need to draw the boundary as well with my wife now coming back to work saying, no, it's my work time. Pretend right. I am not here. But the commitment that I'll give to you is once I come back home, which mm -hmm. means that once I finish my work, I'll turn my phone, I'll turn my computer. I'll be 100% yeah. here with you, right? So those are all the little things that we all heard that, right? Mm -hmm. We all like, I knew this. There are people telling me that that's how you should be doing if you're working remotely. But mm -hmm. it took me a hard lesson to really do it, do it. It's just so easy to pick up your phone and have Slack on your phone. Oh, and just like This is why I come into the office because I, I, I have the same thing. Like if I'm home yeah. and I'm sure everyone has experienced this, if you like, yeah. if your spouse is home as well, then they're like, well, you're here. Like, why didn't you clean the dishes? Why didn't you do this thing? And it's like, yeah. And I mean, you have the advantage. I'm jealous. You have a room with a door. I'm, I'm working usually at like our kitchen island or on our couch because right. we're in New York. So we have two rooms. And so... <laughs> It's a difficult line to draw, but it's something I think I, even I still have to get better at is just sort of shutting off when I'm home, I'm home being 100 yep. percent there because it's just so easy to work. And like I'm making customer success memes half the time. So it's like I want to do that <laughs> when I'm like two drinks in and it's, it's 10 at night. I'm like, yeah, exactly. like so it's hard. It's so it's a but it's a muscle that I should probably work on 
because, you know, while there is a lot of fun stuff, it still can be, yeah, it's still taking me away from where I am. 100%. And that that was the, I'm glad that the moment that I, I left, uh, I took that two months off, there is no work for me to think about. So I can sort of readjust my lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, I, I don't know, like, you'll probably feel the same if there's a new way to calculate customer health and customer engagement, right? If there's a better way to do, I don't know, customer onboarding video to be scalable for the no-touch customer segment, your brain mm-hmm. start to think about what are the things you can do and start to trying to work on those, right? But yeah. that's something that I learned how to stop that by just not having a job. So there's nothing for me to think about. It's amazing. I mean, it's like that second week, if you ever take a two week vacation, it's like that second week of vacation. Like it's, you know, the first oh, week yeah. is generally, you know, you're adapting, yeah. you're still like winding down, your brain is like letting go of work stuff. And then at like day four or five, you like hit that vacation zone where you're truly <laughs> like, yeah. in the zone. You're in the zone. And it's like, the longer you stay in that zone, the more recovery you get, the, you know, the, the better it is for your health and everything. So yeah, I'm, I'm glad to hear that, that you got there. And I'm <laughs> hopeful I can do that at some point as well. Don't let your boss hear that though, Ben. Oh, that's, that's why I do this. If I say things okay. on the podcast, he can't now say no to me. Cause I'm like, so you don't have to do a it's out there. Exactly. exactly. This is how I passive aggressively get what I want at Catalyst. I just say it on the podcast. Nice. It's worked pretty well. Um, well, that's amazing. I mean, are you thinking, how are you thinking now about vacation? Like, are you, does Acquire have unlimited PTO? Uh, we actually have a limited PTO. Okay. Interesting. Right. And that was the, uh, again, it, it sounds super weird and counterintuitive, but because you have a limited PTO, people try to actually use it up. And yes. I think people are encouraged to actually use it. And the past three company I worked for was unlimited. And I actually calculated, I think I take oh, no. way less time compared to the time I have, uh, which is like oh, three definitely. weeks or four weeks guaranteed, right? So we don't have unlimited, we have floating days, we have set number of day vacation. We also have uh, what we call sort of two weeks to a month period where you can work anywhere you want in a different time zone. And we're oh, not gonna question you on, well, Ben, why do you just go to France for a month? Right? Yeah, like you still have right. to work in EST. No, no, it's okay. You can do that if you want to. Just don't disappear and stay safe. <laughs> you can work anywhere. I mean, that's you want. fair. Yeah, it's like a taken situation. We'll send Liam Neeson exactly. after you. One of our, um, the folks from our people team just worked from Italy for a month this last summer. I was insanely nice. jealous, but she deserved it. It was definitely, I think it's something, if people have that flexibility, you know, definitely yep. take advantage of it. And I, that's why I'm also a fan of limited PTO. You just to, to get people to take it. I know people are experimenting with different things. Like I was talking with Chris, uh, the Rudergrap defender, Sendoso, a couple weeks mm-hmm. ago on here, and he was mentioning that they have a will pay you to take PTO policy where there's Ooh. like a certain maximum, but essentially if you take X amount of time each quarter or yep. whatever it is, then they'll give you like a $500 bonus or, or they do vacation matching or things like that. So I like that it's just, <laughs> this is something that companies are actually trying to do is get people to take more. And yep. yeah, because the unlimited thing definitely wasn't doing it. I would encourage for anyone who's listening to this, though, if your company has a unlimited policy, then as a manager, as a leader, if your team's actually taking that time off, don't try to challenge people. Because I've seen company where they're unlimited vacation, but when someone was trying to take a week or two weeks off, they get challenged by their manager yeah. or leader, right? That's like, bad. oh, yeah, yeah, it's unlimited, but you can't take it now. It's quarter end, it's month end, it's X, it's Y, it's Z. 
right? Yeah. And the moment you do that, no one sees this as unlimited. Everyone would just like, okay, I'll probably just take a day off. If you have like guaranteed six weeks, people will try to use it up, right? That's psychologically how it works. So if you're listening to this, you're unlimited. Don't challenge your team, man. Give them a break. So yeah, definitely. <laughs> and if you're on on the receiving end, put in your PTO ahead of time. I try to do it at the start yeah. of every quarter and take at least a week off, if not more, every quarter. Um, yeah. And that way, if it's in for two months, like they're not going to tell you last minute, oh, you can't take it. Yeah, yeah. You know, so if you can pre-schedule it, you know. But then obviously, if things come up, then hopefully they're understanding. Otherwise, that might be yeah. another red flag that you should go work at a choir um, instead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep. What's it been like at a choir? How long have you been back in the workforce now? Ooh. Last week was my first month anniversary. Number one, it's amazing to come back to work, working with co-founders working with customers working with my team but also it's it's been great because i actually we have an office and i went to montreal to visit the office and oh, i think nice. ben like you said it's it's totally different we're in the office right compared to your yeah. home i think the best feeling for me was the moment you left the office and you're like yeah i might still do some emails at home or back to hotel but i know that i've done a great job today so i give mm. myself a pen in the back yeah and i can relax a little bit where I, if I'm at home, like leaving this room, I actually don't feel different because I'm going to come back to my room anyway, right? Except yeah. I'm not going to be working. Also, just like, I, that's what I love to do, man. Customer journey, yeah. like all that stuff that you help people. And to me mm -hmm. was, yeah, now I can help my family, but at work, I can help people too. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that's clearly something that you, you love to do and are extremely good at. And are you doing check-ins with your with your wife like regularly like are you doing anything like that to make sure that you're you're not falling yep. back into old habits yeah 100 percent. so there's some hard rule that we set up as a family right those are things that i'm doing now so she joked with me she's like if you're gonna be like your old self i'm gonna go on linkedin and comment on the post that you posted <laughs> oh <laughs> that's smart you're still an asshole, right? So, <laughs> that's amazing. Like, wow, that, that's a good move. That's, that's a very passive-aggressive move. I'm really can... glad my partner does not know how to access LinkedIn, that he's an artist, <laughs> so it's perfect. He has no idea how to do that. Right. <laughs> but no, but I think like having that check-in, but just being mindful, just always mm -hmm. being mindful of, and reminding yourself again, like, why did I take that two months off? It's not just for me to enjoy life for two months, but it's I'm trying to change a habit. I'm trying to support yeah. her, trying to support the kids. So Yeah. Yeah. A week or two is not going to cut it if you're talking about changing habits in the way that you yeah. live and work every day. Yeah. 100%. That's amazing. Can I share two little stories, Dan? Please. I think it would be just me. I, I just want to talk. But um, please. when I post that and when I share my story about postpartum depression and life is hard, life sucks, oh my God, like shit. <laughs> But to my surprise, though, there, there, there's two people. One was a, a well-known sort of sales VP. He actually mm -hmm. paid me, and he wasn't married, right? But similar age as well, dating girl. And he was like, can you tell me more? Because my partner and my girlfriend have depression, have anxiety, have all that stuff, right? And we're thinking about getting married this year. We're engaged, right? So how do you deal with that? And he was like, when, when women give birth, do they usually have the postpartum depression? Right. So he was actually concerned. He appreciated that I, I shared that. So now he's thinking about, okay, I don't want to lose my partner. 
right? That's really important for me. So that was one thing that struck me because on LinkedIn, on social media, like that guy was the cool dude, right? Yeah. Everyone's like, oh my God. So <laughs> that's one. Another one was a, a great leader I know from customer experience. And he literally said, he was telling me about his story uh, after I, I shared the post. And he's like, if I have done what you have done, I may not lose my life, right? Wow. And that that to me was just wow, right? Because not crazy. only am I trying to support people, tell people that it's okay to think about those things and say it, right? Mm -hmm. But also for people to really reflect on, man, I, I, I could have taken a break, right? Mm -hmm. And it's such a striking experience because I literally posted, I didn't think too much. I was like, you know what, fuck that. If I'm gonna leave, I want people to know that it's okay to talk mm -hmm. about mental health issues. And it's okay to post family pictures on LinkedIn. Because that's yeah. who I care. Right? But, but don't post it, your wedding was, photos. Just please don't post no. wedding photos on LinkedIn. <laughs> that I cannot stand. Do that as a profile picture. No. <laughs> sure. Sure. If you need a profile picture, that's fine. But just public service announcement. No wedding yeah. photos. I think one, ba one baby photo like or a really cute kid's photo. That I'm okay with. That's I like fine. seeing like the occasional kid on there. But yeah, don't post right. your wedding. <laughs> yeah, but, but no, and that's just to me was... If those people could share that, right? Just how powerful it would be if you think about the tech community where we're mm -hmm. always talking about the we're we're so cool, we're changing the world, we are revolutionizing, we are growing so fast, blah blah blah. But are we there for the people around us? Are we mm -hmm. there for our partner? Are we changing ourselves as well? So people around you feel like, yeah, Bradley's now a better person. Because my technology makes the world a better place, but am I becoming a better person as well, a better human being? So it sounds preachy, but that. that's no. Hey, it's like, profound. Oh. That's profound, man. That's that's I love that, and it's it's a great way to think about it. Yeah, we we do a lot. We help a lot of people during the day, especially CS people. Yeah. But even if we're doing big things at scale, it's just as important, if not more so, to think about the one to one yeah. people around us and how we're helping improve their lives. But it is important. And and even what you said before, yeah. I wanted to comment on, because I think um, like the sales VP who messaged you. Yeah. Like, I mean, obviously there's pe more people now are struggling with depression and anxiety than, than ever before. Um, yeah. It's hugely prevalent. And in so many conversations I've had either on this podcast or one-on-one, -on -one, you know, people have admitted that it's something they struggle with, or if not them, then their spouse or a very close family yeah. member. I don't think I've talked to like one person doesn't that doesn't have someone that's close to them in their life that could use more support um, oh, so in, in dealing with those issues and so yeah it's it's a hard balance to strike for sure um but it's just hugely important so yeah yeah awesome well thank you so much for coming on this this really was fantastic and i love uh everything you've done everything you're talking about how you know your new fuck it mentality i think is fantastic <laughs> um not only because it makes great content but it's just sets a really good example and i think if, if yeah. more people can think the way that you're thinking we're, we're headed in a great direction for the tech community and just the the global community in general so really appreciate yeah. it no likewise good job on the podcast man and Thanks. i gotta say rebranding to be human like that is like the best thing so <laughs> i like it's like what you said before like i we can talk about cac and ltv and nps and all these great these things and they're they're important but yeah. it that, that's not what 
is going to create meaningful change. And there are so many great, there are lots of great podcasts. We can get amazing CS advice, but if what we're after, um, and yeah. what I'm personally after, what, what makes me motivated to do it is helping people as like humans, not helping people necessarily yeah. retain customers. Although that by extension that happens, it's just, let's talk about the human stuff. Cause we don't do that enough. And also let's make my face a lot bigger. Cause you know, that was a, a top <laughs> priority for me. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> All right, man. Awesome. Thanks, Bradley. Thanks for inviting me. This is just the reason I love doing this podcast so much is because I literally use it as my own personal therapy sessions. So much of what Bradley said and shared is stuff that really resounds with me that I am completely guilty of as well. So in a way, I'm glad I don't have three children that that need my attention. But, you know, having a having a partner and, and having a family, even if they're not in the city, you know, people in my life that I want to nurture and be there for and here I'm using nurture, I'm using CS terms in my, my personal life. Another problem, but you know, being able to do this podcast with Bradley just really reinforces how important it is to know what your priorities are and take steps to make sure that you're taking care of the people you love. Even when you love your job, maybe especially when, you're lo when you love your job, it can be very hard to do that, but that's why these reminders are so critical. Thanks so much for listening to the show. If you enjoyed it, please rate us five stars and leave a review. Make sure to subscribe. And if you want to reach out to us, our email is community at getcatalyst.io.